I don't think we're going to see a better pitching more league baseball than we did this last year with Miles Patton, who's going to Long Beach State, Anthony Ions, and Charlie Royal, who's going to Cal Poly. Also, the Big West needs to make sure that's a thing again. Full stop. Those three kids are going to the Big West. They're some of the best pitchers we saw in, in any division of anywhere in the CIF Southern section this year. The Big West needs to build a fence and make sure that these top pitchers like these guys at least have multiple Big West teams on their option board, if not actually going there. I want to see Ionson versus Patton in the Big West. I want to see Royal come down and get to pitch at Blair Field again. I want to see that, and the Big West would be better for it. What's your thought, Tyler? Well, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's it's a we've kind of talked about this where the Big West has an opportunity to find relevancy, really, as a conference, more so in baseball than in almost any other sport. And it's because of the talent pool and because of the history that the programs have. I mean, obviously I, I wrote a column during um, the off season about how the big West should have a baseball tournament. Uh, I stand by that. You can read it and have well thought out argument uh, from me uh, as to why they should. But yeah, I mean, to have uh, those three guys that really dominated the league, um, we would have seen more from Charlie if he didn't have his back struggles that kind of took away a large chunk of his innings during the season but yet he still found a way to contribute and help his team win games. Um, and then obviously Ionson, I mean, one of the most improved players in the league, especially on the mound. I mean, he could always hit, he was always a good athlete um, who could steal bases, but his, you know, his repertoire and his professionalism as a pitcher really hit um, new heights this year. And so UC San Diego is going to be very, very fortunate to have a talent like him. And then Miles Patton, it's like, it's hard for him to follow up the junior year that he had, but I mean, just as good his senior year, obviously in a tougher division in the playoffs, Milliken doesn't quite get that same run, but, um, but he was still an absolute stud. And if you can get guys that would, like you said, JJ, consider these schools, the big West baseball programs can recruit against the PAC 12. That doesn't Absolutely. happen. That doesn't happen in basketball. Nope. Straight up. It just doesn't. And so, you know, you have these, top of the league guys in a more in the more league is one of the best leagues in the area and and certainly has produced a ton of talent and so for a mid-major conference to be able to keep those kids at home and for them to spread out along the coast to three different schools I mean it just goes to show that like you know the talent's here and there's an opportunity for this mid-major conference I agree with you I don't think they're taking big enough advantage of it yeah, because they could be the baseball conference of the West Coast. If I'm a kid in high school who has enough talent to have uh, Major League Baseball scouts come to my house and talk to my parents, right? Maybe you're not slotted correctly. Maybe you don't go to the draft immediately. Maybe you, you know for sure you're going to college. You're going to go to a university. But you also have the talent to maybe leave after two years, which is an option in baseball and not in some other sports. Why would you go to a UCLA or a USC or a Stanford where you know they've got talent stacked up when you could go to a Long Beach State, a UC San Diego, a Cal Poly, where you got an option to start as a sophomore? I mean, I saw a lot of freshman arms this year while covering the Long Beach State Dirtbags in the Big West Conference, and they were all very good. So wouldn't you put yourself in a better position to – have people around at Southern California baseball. We play it year round. It's here. Scouts come. This is a lot of them live here for that, for that matter. Um, yeah. and, and be able to turn your conference into the home for future major league baseball players. I feel like it's right there. And I feel like Eric Valenzuela, the head coach at Long Beach state already opening uh, his opening salvo was shot with making sure that miles Patton was a Long Beach state dirtbag. Cause when he got here, Patton was the best pitcher in the league. And to get that, I think is starting in the right direction. 
yeah and you you can you build those relationships early you know what i mean and and it's guys that you can project as being good college players that aren't going to be drafted guys you know recruiting in baseball is very tricky because you know you, you don't have full scholarships to give kids so you have to break everything up and do percentages and then you also don't know who's going to sign you know and it's it's the signability argument and and so teams like USC for for instance they might get a huge uh, you know, talented recruiting pool, you know, they get the Chase DeYoung's, the JP Crawford's to commit, but then they never get them on campus. Right. And so it's hard for them to fill out a class, but if you're a mid-major, you have relationships with these kids, you're honest with them. And you say, look, if you bust out and a team wants to draft you and take you, then go for it. But we don't necessarily think that's going to happen. So here's a place where we care about you. Like you said, you might get some early PT um, and you have those relationships with the coaches and there's really good talent developers um, all throughout this, uh, this conference, like it's great places to play ball all along the coast. You get a trip to Hawaii every two years. So it's not, uh, it's not too shabby. And you're always going to be playing against future big leaguers, whether it's at Long Beach state, whether it's at UC Santa Barbara, UC Irvine, Cal state Fullerton, Cal Poly had a uh, player drafted in the top 10 picks of this year's draft. So, I mean, it's here, but you've got to take that and run with it. And for whatever reason, it seems like the conference is more focused on the more conventional sports when I really think there's an opportunity sitting there uh, in the sport of baseball and, and we've written about it. I will continue to second that motion forever. You know, obviously the most well-rounded all around player from the more league baseball season last year was Anthony Ionson. He's our special guest on the pod today. We're talking to him about a little bit of everything. He even brings on his own special guest and I want to do a spoiler alert. I'll let you find out who that is. But uh, Ianson is, like Tyler said, one of the most improved players we saw. And part of the reason this last more league baseball season might be one of the best we've ever seen. What up, Long Beach? And the 562 as a whole would not be possible without the support of our gracious sponsors. Uh, we want to give a shout out to every uh, sponsor that helps support the work that we do at the 562, of course. Got to start with Naples Rib Company, title sponsor of really everything that we do at the 562. Also got to thank Ocean Law Center for their continued support of local sports coverage. So grateful uh, to them for their consistent support of us. Uh, and our newest sponsor, Vertical Rays, uh, came in to sponsor all of our season previews, which JJ, we're going to be working on those very soon. We'll have season previews for every sport. Vertical Rays has sponsored that. They're also the official team fundraising partner of the 562. So if there's teams looking to raise money, please consider Vertical Raise uh, for your fundraising needs. There's a lot of ways that you can support, whether it's sponsoring a team, whether uh, uh, the coverage of a, a particular sport, coverage of a particular uh, school, or you can have sponsorships anywhere, including in our e-alert. Our e-newsletter sends all of our news into your email inbox. Thanks to Bets Realty Group for their support and sponsorship in there. And if you want to sponsor this podcast, What Up Long Beach, definitely send us an email, JJ, Mike, or Tyler at the562.org, either one of those three email addresses. Get your name on What Up Long Beach, and we will make sure that the community knows how much you support local sports coverage. I wanted to bring you on is because you're coming off of a season unlike any other. We've been covering high school baseball in Long Beach for a long time, man. We haven't seen three pitchers, you, Miles Patton, Charlie Royal, kind of go head-to-head -head like you guys did this year because we can all see you balling out loud in the Big West and beyond that as well. 
you know, now that you have a little bit of time to think about it, are you like, how do you look back on this season? Uh, I look back on the season and I honestly, I'm surprised by what I did. Um, I think that in the moment and during the season, I wasn't really aware of what I did, but because we're just so focused on, you know, trying to be everyone trying to figure out different ways to win. So I think now that I look back, I realize that I truly did something that I tried to do and that I envisioned that I would when I was younger. Well, when you say that, are you thinking <clears throat> stats? You know what I mean? Or are you, are you thinking individual awards? Are you thinking how, how well your team was able to do when you when you went on that uh, scoreless inning streak? Um, yeah, I think both. I think uh, most importantly, team wise, I would I want to say um, the way that I played individually helped us all, and the way that we all played as well helped us out as well. So. Yeah, because you kind of like led by example in, in that stretch. That stretch was freaking crazy, man. Like, for, for, first of all, it was the split finger fastball, right? Like yeah. that was that's what like that's what like took you to that next level during that stretch. Um, yeah. So I always have thrown a splitter. I just really didn't throw it that much uh, in the beginning of the season, but as we started to play more people and I had to give hitters different looks, I turned to that pitch that not a lot of people have seen, so it helped out tremendously. As a high school baseball writer, I haven't seen that ever. That thing was absolutely disgusting, nasty. Um, you just mentioned, actually, that you were like, oh, the things I thought I could do. So I'm envisioning little Anthony Ionson. You you played at Hartwell, right? Um, so when I was – I started off at Lakewood Little League. Okay. And then I played at uh, East Long Beach – for one year. Okay. And right after that, I just played travel ball in high school. So, so you played travel. Who'd you play travel with? Uh, I played for the Long Beach Birds, and then we were the Power Net Birds for Matthew Fournier. Coach yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so do you remember, like, the first time you played baseball here in the local area? Do, do you remember the being, like, like I'm saying, like little Anthony Hineson thinking about one day he's going to be able to play at Blair Field? Do you remember those moments, those days? Yeah, um, I actually do remember the first time I ever caught a ball off the bat. I was at Boulevard Park, and I was like, I want to say six years old. <laughs> and I was looking at my dad. I was like, Dad, I caught it. I caught it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that one always sticks with me because whenever, like, I'm struggling or I have something hard, like, on the field, I always think about that moment. It seems to calm me down. That's beautiful. Like, the, like that first moment of joy kind of gets you back into the, to the why you love baseball? I feel like, yeah. Um, Whenever I start to struggle, it's because I try to, like, do too much or take control. And I just think about how so, like, effortless and, like, not surprised, but just how, like, calm I was and just, like, satisfied. Yeah, because it kind of came naturally? Yeah. That's, that's, that is beautiful. When you were a kid like that growing up, baseball is such a game of failure and difficulty and stuff like that. Is that one of the things you used to kind of like settle your mind, you know what I mean? Like J.P. Crawford at Lakewood always used to look to the left field pole. It's a Ken Revisa thing. And he would like calm himself down by just looking at left field pole because it's always the same, right? It's always going to be there. Is that is that? Did you have little tricks like that? Um, yeah, so uh, under my hat, I would write little messages to myself. Whenever I would like be struggling on the field, I would just take my hat off and reset. Uh, one of them, so like we would wear different hats for the games. So one of the one of my hats said like be you. So I would just try to play my own game, and then my other hat said uh, let it come naturally. So I just don't try to force anything. That's great advice for anyone. 
let alone a baseball player. Um, so you definitely have worked on your mental game. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's become a bigger issue in sports, you know, mental health, and that's very important. So you were kind of ahead of the curve if you're already doing that stuff, right? Yeah, I, I make sure that my mental is in front of baseball and and it's for more just than just baseball. Uh, I have people that I try to impact every day, like my friends, my family, and I just want to be able to be someone that they can talk to and have a strong mental. Yeah, so like just being that positive influence. I, I immediately think of your dad, Jeff Ionson, who oh. local sports fans might know uh, as, a, as a coach. Who's, uh, who's been in some involved in some big teams here locally, and, and now he's just a baseball dad with you. Talk mm. about that relationship. Has he always kind of been that, like, driving force in you playing baseball, or is he kind of one of those people that you are bringing into the baseball world with you? Um, he's always been a driving force. Um, he's in his room right now, but I'm pretty sure he's listening any way he can to hear me right now. <laughs> but, yeah, he's always been a driving force. Um, he's always encouraged me ever since I was younger to just – play hard and just play my own game. Um, not even just sports, though. Like, honestly, more than sports, he always sits me down and talks to me. Like, as I was going into high school, leaving high school, all that, he's just been an influence for me, and he's always been someone that I can lean on. Yeah, a lot of elite athletes, it's kind of one way or the other, right? Two types of people. They either absolutely love their family and they're about it. I'm thinking of guys like you, guys like Chase DeYoung, you know what I mean, who are just about their families. And then there's other guys who you can tell they are, but it's almost as if they're on stage for their yeah. family. They you know they're trying to perform for them. How do you how do you as an athlete try to, you know, you hear him, right? I mean, everybody hears him. Everybody hears your dad yelling at the yeah, games. Yeah. Like, you hear him too. So it's like kind of hard to ignore. But at the same time, like if you just played for your dad, you probably wouldn't be able to accomplish the things you're accomplishing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. And yeah, I agree with what you said about how people kind of go on stage with their parents and their families. But mine is just so like heartwarming and they're all right there for me. So. What what are some of the things growing up maybe that happened off the field of baseball or outside of baseball, I should say, uh, that, that kind of helped you with your perspective that you have? Because the reason one of the biggest reasons why I wanted you on the show is because I just love your perspective, man. You, mm -hmm. you seem to really have it figured out. And at a young age, that's very impressive. So can you think of anything that happened to you within your family, outside your family early on in your life that kind of set the tone for you like this? Um, Nothing really. In the sports wise, I want to say when I was younger, like nine, 10 years old, I had a medical problem with myself. And that kind of seemed to bring us a lot more closer together. It took a lot of courage and time of my family to like help me out and be there for me. So I felt with that connection that we had every day, just helping each other out, that made us stronger. That's, a, that's incredible. What Did it last a long time or were you guys able to, to put it behind you? Um, I was in the hospital for, I believe, a month during summer from fifth to sixth grade. Um, I was like 100 pounds. I lost like 20, 30 pounds in like a month. So uh, I got out of there with like two procedures and one surgery. Wow. So after that, we were just, it kind of opened our eyes. It made us very grateful for what we had. Without question. Dang. And that it's, that's at such a young age, you kind of do have to rely on other people so much. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, do, do you, do you still call back on that when you are on the baseball field now, kind of remembering how lucky you are, like you're saying? Yeah. Um, 
there's some times where we finish a game and I've played pretty well. And I just think about moments like that when I wondered if I was ever going to be able to play again. And it just makes me very grateful for what I have. Wow. Are you religious or is your family religious? Yeah, um, I'm a Christian. So on my wrist, I keep like. Oh, he's showing like a bunch of bands uh, on his wrist. Yeah, I keep, I keep a lot of stuff to remind me. Good, re good reminders. Yeah, of course. So, uh, I was also raised uh, raised religious. So, do you have like favorite Bible verses? Do you do you go back to the Bible? Are you a Bible guy, or do you do you kind of just have your own relationship? Um, I don't have my favorite Bible verse, but I have my favorite verse ever, and it's "He who fears, he shall suffer, for he suffers as he fears." That's really good. <laughs> that's a that's a really good one, especially for what we've been talking about. <laughs> no, yeah. That one keeps. That one is close to me. I really I read that one time and it's really stuck with me. That's a really good one. Are are, are you feeling a little scared uh, or maybe a little trepidatious or nervous about kind of what's coming up next for you uh, as you kind of take it take your game to the next level? Um, I'm more excited than scared. I'm I'm ready to play on a platform as big as the one I'm. I'm going to go to, so just excited to be able to put what I have into the world. Well, a little inside baseball stuff. Are you on a throwing program? Are they telling you to just chill and, like, not pick up a baseball? What's the deal? Yeah, so uh, I pitched a lot at Lakewood, so they told me that uh, I should take time off until August 8th, I believe, and then just pick it up from there. But what comes with that is I can't throw, so now I'm hitting a lot more playing basketball, football, all that. So. Just try, trying to stay in shape? Yeah. You think you're going to hit the ball down there? They're going to um, let you swing the bat? I'm going to try. <laughs> Atta boy. <laughs> I'm going to try, of course. Man. Atta boy. Do you miss it, like, when you're not on the bump, when you're not, like, taking bullpens every week? Do, do you feel like that itch? Yeah. So, during season, I would be like, be like, dang, I have to do a bullpen. I have to do this. I have to do this. Yeah. And then now I'm sitting here in my house with nothing to do. Like, I wish <laughs> I could. Yeah. I for sure miss it. All right. So you did pitch a lot at Lakewood, man. And then now that you're done, you can answer this. What's the difference between tired and hurt arm? How can you tell the difference when your arm is like, I, I'm just I'm just wearing this thing out and, oh, man, there might be a problem. I should shut it down for a couple of days. Um, yeah. So I think that a hurt arm is – just overuse or not not so much overuse but wrong use so like certain pitchers should have certain limits to how much they're throwing mm -hmm. based on what you throw oh so based like, on what you throw yeah i feel like if you're if you're a guy who could throw a lot of fastballs or limited movement with your elbow instead of like curveballs then you could probably go longer than someone who has to rely on four pitches so how are you scratching this itch that you're not able to go out there and throw the pill um, by trying to hit the ball now, I just okay. off the tee, batting <laughs> practice. I was thinking you were going to say, like, you started playing, like, MLB The Show all the time or something like that. Oh, uh, no, um, my PS4 overheats. No! I don't know, I don't know why, because I'm not a guy that really plays like that. I would play, like, Madden and Fortnite, but now it just overheats. Now it's too much, too much for it? Yeah. Dude, I've been addicted to the show lately. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where I know if I play it enough within like a two week span that I won't have to play it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you kind of like like I said, scratch that itch. We got football season coming up, dude. I'm not gonna have time, so I gotta yeah. I gotta I gotta get my cut soon yeah. while I can. <laughs> do you uh if you're not playing video games or on the PS4, do you like watch a lot of Netflix or Hulu or stuff like that? 
Um, yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, or I'm honestly just out in the house with people. Oh, okay. What you watching on YouTube? Slime videos? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, on YouTube, I watch 562, of course. Oh, out of boy. Out of boy. All of them over again. I watched the, the Lakewood Millican one until like five minutes, then we got to turn it off. <laughs> That's one of the best answers we've gotten. That's pretty good. Specific minute yeah. cuts of five five, six, two videos. After the seventh inning, you just cut it off. <laughs> uh, what what else? You watch other sports stuff, or do you, you kind of try to stay away from sports when you're doing like non sports stuff? Um, I watch a lot of like, honestly, no. I I watch sports. I'm yeah. really into basketball. I've never really played, but I watch like the East Coast people play basketball. And like oh, so like ball, ball is life and stuff like that. Yeah, I watch a lot of that type of stuff. Oh, okay. Got anybody uh, that you that you really like that you watched come up? Um, not anyone specifically. I've just watched like a bunch of different people. Okay. Trendy videos. Well, what is it? What is it about basketball that that you like? Um, honestly, I like the strategy. I like I like the one on one, the hype, the hype energy. Like one on one, me against you type, which would make sense for a power pitcher to also <laughs> yeah. want the one on one game. Do you have yeah. a favorite uh, basketball team that you follow? NBA, college, or anything like? Um, not a favorite, but if people ask me, I'll say the Lakers. Cause that's fair. Yeah, over here, yeah. It's right here. Yeah. If we can just figure out this cable situation, we might be able to watch them play this year. Um, what uh, what about style? Like basketball style? Do you? you like a certain style like growing up for me i was all about college basketball mm. like i like the nba too but like there's just something about like dookie, yeah. dookie slapping the floor and and somebody like um somebody like morrison or jimmer for able to like carry a team because they're just so dang yeah. sharp like that's just it's it's so original do you watch the tournament at all uh yeah i did and the thing about like i like more about college than nba is the effort Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to get to the league compared to the people who are already there. They're like kind of eighty percent compared to the people who are trying to dive for every rebound. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about hype in basketball. <laughs> that is that is one hundred percent college basketball. Um, when you are going to like go off to college, right? You're coming in after everybody's college experience was upended and completely different. Like, no, not everybody got to stay in the dorms their whole time or even, like, go to class the whole time. So now you're kind of coming in and hopefully things are getting back to normal, knock on wood. Uh, yeah. what, what does that mean for you? Are you going down to stay in the dorms down there? Are you going to commute? Are you in an apartment? What's going on? Oh, yeah. So um, I get to dorm actually with someone, with my friend from Bancroft Middle School. So he's going to UC San Diego. Well, who is that? Uh, my friend Ethan Figueroa, he plays golf for Lakewood. Or he played golf for Lakewood last year as well. Wow. So I went to middle school with him and Lakewood, and now we get to dorm together. That's cool, man. That, did that just work out, or did you guys try to make that happen? Um, Honestly, both. We tried to make it happen, but it just it was just perfect. Just lined up. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, what, what kind of roommate are you? You clean, you're the clean guy, or are you the sloppy guy? Yeah, I, I like to clean my room. Yeah? I like to have stuff. Is that making the bed every morning? What's that look like? Um, I'm I'm like a three day. Like I'll go three days. Third day I gotta come. <laughs> uh, I am the same, dude. I could move my computer screen right now to show you my unmade bed, but I'm not gonna do it. 
I had I had some great times in the dorms. Obviously, you make so many friends. Um, number one piece of advice, though, go to the dining hall early. Like mm-hmm. if they say like, oh, lunch is like two to five or whatever, go at two o'clock if you can, because mm-hmm. uh, the leftovers not nearly as good. And it's that case everywhere. It's not it's not anybody's fault. It's just, you know, the way the world works. Um, I'll give you more advice uh, when we're done with this. <laughs> um, so when you were growing up as a baseball fan, did you have anybody that you like looked up to, like that you wanted to emulate that now kind of as you're going to the next level, you'll be like, okay, I want to, you know, kind of mold myself after blank or a certain type of pitcher. Honestly, I've really liked Stanley Jansen's style of pitching at like his presence, just come in late in the game, just 10 pitches done. I really like that, that like tone that he would set on the field. That aggressiveness. Yeah. That's a good one. So also a Dodger fan, I'm assuming. Yeah. Have you gone to a lot of games? Have you gone to Dodger Stadium? Um, yeah, I was just there recently when Sweetie was there. I almost met her, but Oh, really? You were close? Yeah, I was pretty close. <laughs> my friends my friends actually got to meet her and they were what? like How? I, I guess she was well, she threw the first pitch that game. Yeah. And then after the game, she was leaving, and my friends were or my friend, uh, they were playing City Girls, and they drove by and they heard it. So they they backed their car up and they rolled down their window, and it was Sweetie. And she was like screaming at them, and they were like, What? No way. What? Me and my friends left like 30 seconds before that. And they no. Called they called us and they were like, Hey, we're coming. Uh, we just met Sweetie. And. We were like, what? So we turned around, got to go back, but she was gone already. <laughs> there has been some great celebrity sightings. I remember running after a van that had Vince Scully in it one time at Dodger Stadium. That was a, that was a fun one. What's your favorite thing about going to a baseball game that you're not playing in? You don't well, seem like much of, a he- much of a heckler. I love uh, the heckle, but my heckles are like all family friendly. That's why they're yeah, I've heard Yeah, I've heard some crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I'm, I like the food there. I like to just get the food and just sit back and watch the game. Pe- peanuts? No, nah, I like to get, like, um, whatever kind of, like, special ice cream they have, like, in the helmet. Yeah, good call. Good call. What's your favorite ice cream? Um, Probably cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. Just the, pl- the plain white one? Yeah. That's a good one. All right, so you know what Neapolitan ice cream is, right? Mm-hmm. Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah. It's a big, long conversation about which order they go in. We don't skip that. If you had to eat one first, chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry, which one would you eat first? Strawberry. Strawberry? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're a flavor guy. I like that. I like that a lot, actually. What's your favorite food if you could only, you know, pick one thing? Oh, he's thinking hard. Yeah. I want to say, like, a good, a good, like, pasta. So, like, a good, like, lobster mac and cheese. Ooh. Good, like, Italian, yeah. Big A, that is what I'm talking about, bro. I am a pasta boy. I I would eat pasta every day if I was allowed to. Lobster mac and cheese is one of the better answers we've gotten. That's that's really good, man. Do you have a food that you don't like? Like, you're just like, nah. Honestly, everyone likes chocolate, and I don't like chocolate. Oh, see? There you go. There you go. So, actually, the Neapolitan ice cream question was easy to do because you were just choosing between vanilla and strawberry. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In and out. Overrated, underrated, perfectly rated. What do you think? I want to say slightly overrated. Slightly overrated just because of the hype? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Like, 
it's not as bad as people like people when they say it's overrated they make it sound bad right it's not bad but it's not like amazing that okay that's fair i also think that people forget about the price point like you can go to De- you can go to like a del taco or a mcdonald's or whatever and all of a sudden you look down at your receipt and you're like 13 dollars <laughs> what <laughs> i could i could have gone to a restaurant but every time i go to in and out it's like seven bucks cool let's go yeah it's yeah i really like their pricing too yeah that's uh it's rare nowadays dude shortages <laughs> shortages making everything expensive do, do you think that like in 10 years, 20 years, whatever, when you're, you know, growing up, being an adult, having a family and all that stuff, do you think that people will look back on this time during the COVID and, and like look at it like, oh, that was no big deal? Or do you think it's still going to like be a big deal? You know what I mean? We're still talking about like 9-11, for example. You know what I mean? Do you think that an, that an event like that will just continue to hang over? Or do you think that you as a generation would kind of just want to flush it, if I can use a baseball term? I feel like everybody in high school who had to deal with COVID is going to use it as a what if and try to be like, well, well, if COVID didn't happen, then this could have happened or this could have happened. So yeah, I be, I believe that a lot of the kids who were in high school while it happened are going to like see it as like hold back. That That's an interesting answer. Yeah. We, there is always that the, the kid who's like, I would have gone D1, but I blew my yeah. knee out junior year. But like, yeah, you're right. So now there's like a built in what if. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about it like that. How are you feeling about it? Do you want to just flush it? Um, I feel like it makes us unique. We can't hide it or do anything to reverse it. So we just have to embrace it. And we have to look at what we did with COVID instead of what we didn't do with it. That is beautiful, man. Incredibly good answers today from you. I am not shocked at all. Before we get out of here, is there anybody you want to give some big shouts to? Shout uh, out anybody in your fam, your friends. Uh I want to give a big shout out to this guy. I wanted to do this. Oh, he, all, he's all bringing day. his dad on. No, now my dad. <laughs> Where is he? There's credit to this is, this is my catcher from Lakewood. Um, so, oh, yo, yeah. yo, Ramini. <laughs> this yeah. is my catcher. Uh, he deserves so much credit, honestly. From all the spike fastballs to you, all the strikeouts to all the hits, to everything. <laughs> all right, Kane Yonamini, uh, joining us. Uh, Bro, what is it trying to stop a spiked fastball from <laughs> What's that like? Uh, yeah, it's definitely tough because you're never expecting it. You always expect him to, like, spot up where I'm set up. So you, you always see me on one knee relax, like, just waiting for it to be right there. And it's always a surprise when he's, like, inaccurate like that. Well, okay, so he got on that streak. I forget what it was, 30-plus innings scoreless in the, in the more League or whatever it was, 29. Um, when something like that's happening, do you guys know? I guess it's a question for both of you guys. Are you, are you guys scoreboard watching? Do you guys know when something like that is going on or do um, you kind of just hide from it? Honestly, uh, yeah. So we would always – every pitch that Kane would, like, call, I would always, I would already have the grip ready in my glove. I, like, we would always know, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah. there would be some situations where we would get, like, a pitch, a pitch call, and I didn't want to throw it, and I already knew. And the next one he had was the one that I wanted, and he already knew the way. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible. That is incredible. All right, Kane, pretend I'm a baseball scout of some type and sell me Anthony Ionson. Why why should I have him on my team? <laughs> oh, right. that's a good one. All right. So first off, I would say he's first like you want to have a good guy that's coachable and and who's gonna be a leader on your team. And that's like first what I would say. He's a he's a great leader. He leads by example. 
He always brings us up. And then that's just off the field. Like on the field, he's just, <laughs> he's just that he's just that guy. He's, he's like he's just so dominant. Everything you need in a power pitcher. Hell yeah, that's good. All right, switch it up, Anthony. Now you sell. Now you sell Kane. Kane, what what do you want to do, man? What, what what's your what's your plan here? Oh, so I'm I'm gonna just go to uh, Cypress College. Okay, and then play there, and then if hopefully I can get an offer from somewhere yeah. nearby, and just keep playing as long as I can. Okay, I'm a D1 coach, Anthony. You got You got to sell Kane on me. What what we what do you got? Well, first of all, Kane is Kane is a D1 baseball player. Uh, He's a backstop behind the wall. Honestly, I've I've never seen a catcher that could block as many balls that someone a pitcher has thrown like that is just unblockable. Like I've thrown so many curveballs that have spiked really early, and he still finds a way to keep it in front of him. So uh, he works really hard back there um, in the box. He has a great swing. He's coachable. He's a player that he'll he'll speak his mind in the moment, but that's what you need on the team. Because it's just the truancy and the just the true emotion of him playing the game that he loves. Both perfect answers from two guys who are perfect teammates, man. I can't believe that you guys are, you would already have the grip knowing the pitch, dude. Yeah. That is oh. that is definition in the zone right there. That is absolutely great. Uh, thank you guys so much. That's a first, an interviewee, bringing on an interviewee. That's good. I like it. <laughs> guest on, guest on, guest in here. Uh, best of luck to both of you. You know we're going to be watching you guys. We know we're going to be keeping track, uh, as is the rest of the baseball community. And thank you so much for being part of one of the best more league baseball seasons we've ever seen, man. That thing was thank just you, absolutely turnt from start to finish. And uh, we're lucky to have you guys be part of this baseball community. So thanks again. Thank you Thank very you. much, honestly. And that come that means a lot coming from the Morley. <laughs> yeah, for real. Hey, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. We uh we'll be watching you guys. Best of luck, man. Take thanks Appreciate again. It. Thank you. Thank you. One of the most exciting and newest expansion ideas we had at the 562.org was a few years ago. We were like, we go to these classes in high school and college. We talk to these kids and they are so talented and they are chomping at the bit. We would just never ask anybody to work for us for free because we got asked to work for a lot of people for free when we were coming up and we decided very early on that we were not gonna do that. Well. Tyler, Long Beach Unified School District did an incredible job working together to get an internship program started at the 562.org. And Tyler, it's been incredible. We have gotten to know some of these kids uh, after they've worked for us during the time and just watch them grown so much. And gosh, they're so impressive. Their ability to turn out articles so quickly is, is stuff that we were never able to do when we were trying to start this job. Uh, and one of the great things about this program is bringing them on the podcast. And we actually have one of those interviews right now. All right, we're now excited to welcome on our special guest, uh, one of our student interns, JJ. Uh, love to bring on our interns and talk about their experiences. Heidi Sec, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to finally get you on the podcast. I know you've been wanting to, to hop on and speak with us. So, so welcome, How, how's everything going? Oh, thank you. I'm excited to have um, or to be here with Tyler and JJ. You know, um, this internship was such a huge opportunity for me, and I'm really glad to even be on here to talk about my experience. So. Well, what was your expectations when you applied for the internship and then ultimately got to work with us during the spring season? Um, initially, my expectations were more so um, wanting to learn how um, 
of the 562 um, made articles and recorded videos and kind of just, you know, shared the news out to everybody about a Long Beach sports. Um, I was really excited to learn more about like the behind the scenes and I just really wanted to be involved in this aspect of the um, group. Did, did anything surprise you about the process or anything kind of catch you off guard that you didn't think we were doing that we were actually doing all the time? Um, actually, what really um, made me excited was that um, there's actually more people behind the 562 than obviously we see on social media. Like when I was going to baseball games, for instance, like there's just so many people that you both knew and you were talking to. And I was like, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I really was. Like, there's just like a whole community of people who just come together to like um, share like Long Beach sports. I just thought that was really cool. So, yeah, we're 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 blessed to have a really big extended family here in the city. You know, where people see us at games and they feel like they can approach us, which is true. You can always come up and talk to us, and we've made a lot of lifelong friends, whether it's coaches or parents or athletes themselves, students that we've worked with. So uh, it is a really nice way to bring people together. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, Heidi, is you are a student athlete in addition to doing this internship. So you were a member of the Long Beach Poly girls lacrosse team. And so you were able to see it from both sides, right? So you're able to see how we cover games and interact with athletes, but then you're also an athlete yourself. So what was that experience like? And, you know, how also how was it to kind of manage doing all those things at the same time. Uh, the, the kids in high school these days are incredible at multitasking, I have to say. Right. Bird. <laughs> um, honestly, I'd like to talk about um, three perspectives. So firstly, um, even before I even joined lacrosse, like I was just a student at Poly watching other people play. And like, that's just a whole different experience. Like sometimes like as just, people who look at others play, like we are like, oh my goodness, like all these people, like athletes are so inspirational. They have so much talent, you know, like that's like one aspect that um, some people have. And then there's obviously another aspect of the student athlete themselves, like, oh, I get to play. And it's like, um, I love to, you know, shine with this sport, have like teammates who can help me and whatnot. But then as an intern, like covering these sports and then realizing like, you know, like you are a student athlete yourself, like there's so much that you realize about like other players too. Like for me, like when I'm covering lacrosse, for instance, like I realize like, wow, there's so many other players who are amazing, like not just people from my school, but like from other schools as well. And then also if I'm covering like different sports, like I go see different sports and I hear like other people interviewing, like for instance, the baseball team or like softball, I think to myself like, wow, like I have no talent in this sport, but to be able to like hear people's experience and to like see them play, like it's kind of like we share camaraderie, but also at the same time, like it's inspiration and just like awe, I guess. And in terms of like handling everything, like with my schedule, um, I mostly did cover lacrosse. So it's pretty easy to manage both. Um, when it came to um, like other sports, for instance, like with baseball, um, I just made that time because I love sports. So it wasn't like I was sacrificing anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky that we're in Long Beach and, and we get to see talented athletes across such a wide variety of sports. So um, let's <laughs> let's not take for granted that if you are an athlete in Long Beach, you are playing with some really, really talented people alongside right. you and across on the other side. So 
it's pretty neat to live in a community like that where you get to see some of the best of the best. Um, you mentioned that you like sports, and I know uh, we did, see, you know, have you at some baseball games and stuff. Is there a sport that you gained more appreciation for, or a part of journalism or what we do that you kind of realized, oh, okay, I'm more interested in that than I than I thought I was, or that I thought I would be over the course of the the months that you worked with us? Um, definitely, I think softball. Um, I really love watching like all like the videos that were being covered and this year's like more league was really amazing like, every single time I watched the recap videos I thought like all the players were really cool. Um, I always had a love for baseball but never really knew too much about softball so to learn more about softball really made me appreciate you know both sports. Is there something in particular you learned about yourself that might be outside the purview of the job or sports or in general? I mean, obviously you just explained one of the busier semesters I've ever heard of. So is there something that you learned about yourself throughout this whole process? Um, yeah, well, in terms of like, I guess, um, I really learned how to make better decisions with my time. Um, like you said, um, spring semester is super, super um, stressful. And I actually had to make sacrifices um, during this period. Um, I had like one opportunity lined up for me that I ended up not taking because I had to um, really like assess my situation and kind of think like, oh, was this something I could really handle? And eventually um, I did miss the opportunity, but I'm really glad that I made this decision for myself because I obviously wouldn't have been able to really handle everything that was happening like during the spring semester. So I felt like I learned how to really take care of myself more in that aspect. That's a great lesson to learn. Um, I I can speak for myself. I'm, that's a lesson I'm still working on. So maybe I, I can second that motion. Yeah, right. Uh, so that's that's a good thing that you've gotten uh, under your belt. That's good. Um, you know, we we uh, would love to kind of continue this internship program on into the future. It was such a great first year. So congratulations to you and the rest of your group for you. for doing such a great job and and making it so rewarding for us that we want to continue this with the LBUSD and and give these opportunities not just to learn about what we do, but hopefully to learn about other things that maybe they can go and grow with and they don't even have to work with us. They can take it to the next level and kind of pursue their interests. What's, uh, what's some advice you would give to someone maybe that's currently in high school that might be thinking about trying to apply for an internship or someone that would be an intern with us? What sort of advice or recommendations would you pass on to them as someone that's experienced it yourself? Um, for me, I would have to say, like, it doesn't matter if you're not a student athlete, it doesn't matter if, like, you, you know, don't think like you can make it, like, if you have, like, a love for what the FASCST does, and, or maybe you're even just interested in it, you know, and you want to get to know more about it, like, you should always try to, you know, shoot your shot. I remember hearing, um, or, like, reading your email, I think, like, there's, like, more than 100 applicants, and I think I remember um, hearing that a lot of them came from like my school. So it was like a very competitive pool. And honestly, I didn't even think about that when I was applying. I just thought like, you know what? I really like this program. I love um, this group. And I just really wanted to see if I could contribute in any way. And so just being able to be a part of it. And even when I got accepted, I was just like, you could like, all my friends know, like I was just so excited. I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I made it, you know? Um, and yeah, it's just like, 
even if you, again, you don't make it or you don't think you're going to make it, it doesn't matter. I would just say to just go for it. And, you know, even if you don't, like, you'll still gain experience from it. And if you do, then it'll be like, you'll, like, you'll love everything about it. I feel like there's just nothing that, um, there's nothing more that I feel like I could take away from this because it was just such a great opportunity. Um, yeah. So for the future, are we looking at sports work? Are we looking at, no, I never want to touch sports again. Well, what's the deal? <laughs> Did this make you want to be a sports writer? Um, uh, right now I am um, going to college as a STEM student. So not necessarily. <laughs> field, um, but I do want to play sports in college. Like that's something that I really want to continue doing. And I'm still following the 562. So, you know, I really think that, um, well, I don't know if the offer will be there, but I would love to like, you know, just volunteer or something. I think that would be like amazing. So, yeah. Well, well, you've been amazing as part of an amazing group of interns who we've worked with through Long Beach Unified School District. We love this program. Working with you kids has been incredible. And as Tyler said at the top, like your guys' ability to multitask is uh, amazing. Like I, I, can't, I can't even think of a word because every time it happens, I'm like, really? That's what they did. Like your ability to go play in a game and then also write about a game that was happening at the same field at a different time. Peak stuff, Heidi, absolute thank peak you. stuff. So thank you so much for your hard work and your time and your dedication to, uh, to local sports. And absolutely, we would love to have you uh, around and in the 562 in the future. Thank you so much. I absolutely. Really Thanks for joining. Thanks for taking the time today to talk to us too. Thank you. All right, best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, Heidi. Bye. Thank you. That's it. That's all. There ain't no more. Another episode of What Up Long Beach being put into the books. As Tyler mentioned earlier, wide open for advertisements, promotions, sponsorships, all that stuff. We can't be bought. Hit us up. JJ at the562.org is the easiest one. I will let you know what type of sponsorship stuff is available, right? You can be on the podcast, you can be on the videos, you can be on the, um, the photo galleries or the stories or whatever. Anything you want, we can provide because we are the ones who are providing for Long Beach Sports and this beautiful community that we surround ourselves with. So thanks for Tyler, for JJ, for everybody else. I'm still JJ. We will see you in the stands very soon, Long Beach. It's almost time to get back at it. Let's go. Take care.